can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you because your word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. And as we've come gathered today here to hear from the Spirit of God, from the Word of God, truly, Father, as we take heed to what is said, our lives can be changed for the better. And Father, I just declare as the pastor of this church that financial breakthrough is happening in the lives of Word of Truth family members. And that, Father, you're positioning us to receive and have more than we ever have in our lives. We declare it, we believe it, and we receive it. Most of all, Father, we're going to stay faithful to you until we see it. We thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow the word as we teach it. And as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing to teach. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're still in our series entitled, Getting Your Life Together. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't say nothing to me. (laughs) And the goal of this series is to help us identify areas in our lives that need strengthening and changing. And then we're going to find some biblical solutions to these problems and these situations. And then we're going to apply the word so we can begin to see some positive changes in our lives. Can anyone say amen to that? Uh, last week, we kind of detoured just a little bit. But I, but I want to go back a couple of weeks and finish up the subject of money matters. And uh, today, I want to do a subtopic on that, that, that message And I want the subtopic to be handling your money God's way. Now, let me ask you a question. How many in this room could feel that your money could be in a better position than what it is right now? Let me see your hand. Okay. How many money is funny and your change is even strange? Let me see. Yeah. And sometimes it may seem that talking about money does not seem to be spiritual. However, Jesus said where your treasure is... Is where your heart is going to be. Let me say that in a different way. He was actually saying, whoever or whatever is first in your life will show by how you handle your money. I'm going to say that again. When he said where your treasure is, is where your heart's going to be. Basically, he was saying, whoever and whatever way you handle your money shows me who's first in your life. Now, we talked about one of the key principles that, that uh, in our first lesson, and that key principle was stewardship, because in Luke 16, it says, he that is faithful over that which is little is also faithful in the much. So basically, I can prove to God that I'm responsible enough to handle more when I'm responsible with the little. And let me say this to you, anything small or big started small. In other words, if it's big, it started when it was small. So the question that we came up with was, 
How can we become better stewards over the resources that God has blessed us with so that he could bless us with some more? And so we answered that question based on a principle that we found in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4. And the verse says this, he who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. And the principle was this. If you wait for every condition to be right in your life financially before you are able to give to God, you will never give to God. Because everything is not going to always be just right. Now I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Go to Matthew 6, 33. And then I want you to find Leviticus chapter 27. That was Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And that was Leviticus chapter 27. Now I want to answer this question again with another point. How do we become better stewards of what God has blessed us with so that he can bless us with some more? Here is point number two. We must do things God's way. In other words, when it comes to your money, you have to manage your money the way God wants you to manage it in order for you to become a good steward. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, are you there? Say, I'm there. I love this. It says, but seek ye, what class? First, everybody say first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his way of doing things. And then watch this. All of these things will be added unto you. Now, if you go back up and see what's going to be added, he talks about in verse 29, I say unto you that even, well, let's go uh, in verse 27. It talks about uh, worrying and a list of the field and clothes. And basically he's saying your basic necessities should be met if God is first in your life. So if God is first, there must be a second. In other words, let me explain this to you. God will never be second. Even if you think he's, you're putting him second, God cannot be second. Let me give you an example. If it says seek first the kingdom of God, in other words, God wants to be first. And God is not first in your life. He's not number two because he can't be number two. It's impossible for God to be number two. So instead of being behind you, he just started another line. Because God refuses to be second. See, the problem with the rich young ruler was that he thought he was doing everything the right way. And Jesus said, you know the commandments. He said, you know them. He says, you know, don't kill, no murder and all that kind of stuff. And he says, oh, well, master, I've done that from my youth up. But Jesus forgot to quote the first 10 commandment, the first one. You know what the first commandment was? To love, love, love your Lord. But it also says to have no other gods before you. That guy had his money as his God. And that's why the scripture says he went away grieved. So it is impossible to say that God is first in our lives. Watch this now. When he's second in line to our money. Now I really believe God has blessed me to be able to deliver the saints from their money. Some of you all need deliverance from your money. Because your money has you. And you don't really have the money. You think you do. Now go to Leviticus 27. And I got an acid test. Everybody say acid test. I have an acid test. Now I'm going to Leviticus because I just want to show you that. If your money is first, you will not give to God first. But if your money is second, you'll give to God your money first. In Leviticus chapter 27, all you have to do is look up Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I think I said that right, right? 
Genesis, Exodus, Exodus. Uh, Leviticus 27. Let me show you this. Because see, in order to be a better steward, I must remember that God should get the first 10% of every dollar that comes into my hand. And I have found there are so many different ways that believers try to come up with that 10%. I have heard stories. I didn't believe it, but I heard. Because some of my staff say, oh, pastor, yeah, I know people that do that. And I used to do it. I mean, not while they're here at the church, but I'm saying, you know. And I was like, wow. So they said, you know, some people get paid. They pay all their bills, and then whatever they have left, they take 10% of that, and then they put it in there. How many know that's not a tithe? Then they said, well, some people just put an amount of any kind, and they just put it on the tithe line, and they think because they put it on the tithe line, on the envelope, that it's tithe. Okay, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, I want you to write this down. A tithe means 10% of your income 10% everybody say 10% now let me show you something I'm about to show you a principle even for those who've been tithing for a while I'm about to show you a principle here Leviticus 27 I'm going to start in verse 30 it says now and all the tithe how much all the tithe how much all the tithe how much all the tithe all is net or gross which one is all net or gross if it's net raise your hand if it's gross raise your hand okay all right. It says, and all the tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. Whose is it? It's the Lord's. And it is what? Holy to him. And if a man will, will at all redeem of, of his tithe, he shall add thereof the fifth part. Watch this, verse 32. And concerning the tithe of the herd or, or the flock or whatever passes under the rod, the tenth, the what? The tenth shall be who? Holy unto who? The Lord. Now watch this. Let me ask you a question, because I'm about to deal with this issue of people who tithe from their head versus people who tithe from their heart. Uh, how many here have never done drugs before? Let me see your hand. Okay, all right, all right. All right, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you got tempted to take some? Never. I mean, it's not a temptation. Is it a temptation? I mean, did you fantasize last night about smoking a doobie? They probably don't call it a doobie no more, but splint, what is it? What is it? A blunt, how you know? <laughs> I just mess with it, I'm just messing with it. I just mess with it. <laughs> I mean, you didn't think of, I mean, when was the last time you were tempted of smoking a blunt and you've never done drugs? How many, you've never thought, thought about that, right? It's not a temptation to you because it's something you've never experienced before. Then why is not tithing always a temptation to you? Because you're tithing from here and not from here. Some of y'all going to get this in just a second. See, when it's from here, you will always be inconsistent in your tithing. Because your head is trying to figure out how this works. But if it's in your heart, it's a settled matter. For instance, I mean, when was the last time someone came up to you and asked you your name and you thought about it for 10 minutes? Uh, I'm not sure. No, no, no. You didn't waver in your name because you are settled that that's your name. Listen, I've been tithing for 25 years. It's not a temptation to me. I, I can't remember the last time the devil said or the flesh said, you, ooh, that's a big tithe check. You should keep that. But see, it happens 
when people tithe from their head. And I had a member uh, a couple of years come up to me and said, Pastor, I've been tithing and it don't work. And when people come up to me and tell me that, I'd be like, somebody's lying then. Either God is lying or you are lying. That's what I'm thinking in my head. So I said to them, I said, so you mean to tell me you have been consistently tithing for four to six months straight without missing? And she said, no, I haven't. I said, well, that's your problem. I said, I dare you for six months to tithe straight and don't miss none. She came back to me at about a month and said, Pastor, you set me up. I said, what do you mean? She said, I've been wanting to go back to school and finish my education, but I couldn't because, you know, quitting my job would mean we didn't have enough money. But you know what, Pastor? God blessed my husband with so much increase. He now, his increase was more than what I was making when I was working. So now I was able to quit my job and go back to school and we still have more to live on because God blessed us. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Tithing works. You have to tithe. Now, let me show you how to stop tithing from your head and tithe from your heart. Okay? How did you consistently remember and repeat the name that your parents gave you? Huh? Now, if your parents were to call you five different names throughout the day, you would be a confused kid. But the reason you remembered your name is because they consistently said your name every day when they saw you. Why? Because faith comes by what? Hearing. So the way you move from doing it here versus here, you got to get the word in your heart. And then you just have to make a decision. This is what I'm going to do. And let me tell you something about the devil. The devil will stop tempting you when he knows it's not a temptation no more. Man, I ain't been tempted to smoke no drugs. It's not a temptation no more. Some things the devil just can't tempt me with because I'm settled. Everybody say settled. Now go to Joshua chapter 6. Go to Joshua 6. This is good right here. This is good. Joshua 6. Now, good financial stewardship means God is first with my money and I'm second. I'm going to say that again. Good financial stewardship says this. God is first and I'm second. And the problem with most people, God ain't first, I'm first, and then everybody else is second, and then I don't have enough at the end to complete the journey because my order is wrong. And see, some of y'all are thinking, Pastor, I don't have enough left to save something for myself. Because, see, the problem is you're waiting to the end for the saving for yourself when you have to do it at the beginning. You say, well, I'm short. How am I going to be able to save something for me? Very easy. How many have had that problem where you didn't have enough money to save for yourself? Let me see your hand. Okay. All right. Now, uh, you raise your hand. Uh, do you have a, a dollar I can have? Yeah. Let me have it. Let me have it. Now, while she's bringing that. She just, she raised her hand at one point and said, hey, my, my, I've had more out going out and coming in but watch this now she has a dollar to give me thank you i'm gonna hook you up at the end have a seat thank you i'm not giving this back to her i'm i can i have this okay now honestly you can't buy a whole lot with a dollar these days but my faith shows that i believe in the system if 
Because, see, most of us, we waste a dollar. How many wasted a dollar this week? Let me see. You just wasted. You probably went in Kroger's and saw that old claw game that you can't pick nothing up with. You wasted $2 on that game. You could have saved that $2 for yourself. So it's not that we can't save for us. It's because we don't save for us. Now, let me show you this, and I want you to write this down. If there is a first, then there, that means there must be a second. Now, in Joshua chapter 6, are you in Joshua 6? Let me just give you the context. Joshua, they were getting ready to overcome Jericho. So in Joshua 6, verse 17, God gave them some instructions. It says, and the city shall be accursed. That word accursed means dedicated thing. So it says this, and the city shall be a dedicated thing, even it and all that's therein to the Lord. So this city, listen now, the Jericho city was the first city that God had told the children of Israel to attack. Remember now, God ain't going to be second. He's first. So he told them, when you get to this city, everything in it belongs to me. Don't take nothing for yourself. So in verse 16 or 17, it goes on to say, he said, save uh, Rahab the harlot. Now verse 18. And you in any wise keep yourselves from the dedicated thing. Lest you make yourselves accursed when you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron, they are consecrated unto who? The Lord, they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So that's the context. Now let's jump down to chapter 7 or chapter 8 and we're going to look in verse 1. So remember now, God says this city is mine first. So if there is a first, there has to be a second. And if God becomes my first, then I should be number two. And I'm going to show you this principle that he said, you know what? Don't take nothing in the first city. And if you don't take nothing in the first city, I'll make sure the second city is yours. Look now in chapter 8, look in verse 1. And the Lord said to Joshua, fear not, neither be dismayed. Take all the people and war with you and arise and go to Ai. And I have given thy land, uh, uh, or the hand of the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. And you shall do to Ai and her king as thou did unto Jericho. Watch this now. And her king, only the spoil thereof, the cattle, you shall take for prey unto what? Yourselves. Now drop down to verse 27. Go to verse 27. Let me show you this. It says, only the cattle and the spoil of that city Israel took for a prey unto themselves according to the word of the Lord which he commanded Joshua. In other words, God said, listen, the first one was mine and because it was mine, the second one is yours. So listen, anytime you give your first to the Lord, you can now put, watch this now, a, 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 an expectation of there's a second coming. But if you give and you don't have an idea, oh, there is no second coming. See, that's the problem. Most people can't let the first go because they don't believe a second's coming. And I'm telling you today, if there's a first, there's a second. So now raise your expectation up. Listen, when you give to the Lord, just say, Lord, this is first. Thank you for the second. Now, there are four ways you can manage your money. Four ways. Number one, you can manage your money out of need. This is a not enough state where what's coming in does not support what is needed to go out. 
This financial state can occur because of misfortunes or mismanagement. In other words, when you are functioning out of need, it's happening because of one or two reasons. Out of either misfortune, you lost your job, didn't have enough saved up. That's kind of mismanagement as well. Or your spouse may have passed and, or, you know, the economy, you know, something happened where it was not under your control. That's misfortune. But then you have mismanagement. That can cause you to be in a state of need. Individuals in this state typically stay there because they have no revelation of giving because the giving of seed can eliminate future need. Typically, people who are in a need position are never givers. The lady, and you can just write this down as a reference, just write down uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. uh, No, 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 9. That's the lady who only had a little bit of sandwich left and she was just going to eat it, her and her son and die. And the prophet said, give it, give me some first. And when she did, guess what happened? Her need was met. So people in that state typically are always in need. Here's a take-home thought. Here's a take-home thought. Not a take-home statement, but a take-home thought. Everybody say, hmm. Giving your way out is what you need to do because keeping and spending your way out haven't worked for you yet. Okay, I'm going to say it on this side over here. Everybody say, hmm. Giving your way out is what you need to do because keeping your way out and spending your way out haven't worked for you yet. Okay, I'm going to go on this side over here. Everybody say, hmm. Giving your way out is the way I know you need to do it because you've been keeping your way out and spending your way out and it hasn't worked for you yet. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, there is one that scatters and yet it increases. And there is one that withholds more than what they should, but it tends to poverty. Amen. Here's the second position. You can function out of greed. The first one was need. The second one was greed. Now, greed, this is, a, this is normally a place where there is just enough. However, because of impulse and impatience or even importunity. Importunity means the state of being urgently and annoyingly demanding. In other words, you cannot wait. You want to get it right now. Hmm. This is normally a place where there is just enough. However, because of impulse, impatience, or importunity, these individuals always bite off more than they can chew. Their desires always outweigh their wallets. And this financial state live by this motto. Get it today because there is no tomorrow. And so what happens is you create a need in your life because you go and buy on ghost money. Y'all know what ghost money is? Let me tell you what ghost money is. Ghost money is money you're supposed to get, but you ain't got yet, but you spend it before you get it. My wife says she know that money. Mm-hmm. In other words, you go and charge it because, oh, I'm getting this bonus, so you go and buy this big old flat. I'm talking to somebody right now. You better bought this big old flat screen TV on the credit card, and the bonus was only $10. Everybody say greed. Here's a good example is the prodigal son. He demanded from his dad everything. He said, I want it right now. Give it to me right now. And the Bible says he went out and spent his money on riotous living. So he created a situation in his life that should not have been there. Here's number three. We can function out of heed. 
Now he, this is a position where there is more than enough coming in. But because of fear of lack and their trust in their money to sustain them, they never have enough. See, when you trust in your money, you will never have enough of it. See, you got to trust God first and then trust him to bring the, the rest through. And so people in the heed situation, watch this now, this is going, I'm, I'm going to find you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's about to find you right now. People who are heaters, these people are normally tightwaters who are disguised as, or they disguise their frugalness as good stewardship. Oh, I'm just a good steward. I'm frugal. No, no, no. You neither one of those. You cheap. No, 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 no. No, and you trust in your money because that's why every time something go wrong, something break, you have a, you have a, a, a you go into a coma. Soon as it break down, oh my, you going to prayer and fasting and mourning. Oh my God, what am I going to do? You got the money sitting right over there in your savings account, but you don't want to go get it. You know why? Because see, money is to you like a pie instead of a river. See, if money is a river, there's always some more coming by. But if it's a pie, you're going to be a cheap man. I'm telling you, these people, they're disguised as frugal, as good stewards. When the bottom line, they really trust in their money. Here's a good example. Uh, the rich young ruler, he was one of them. He had a lot of money. And Jesus told him, he said, you know what, go give it to the poor. And he's, the Bible said he walked away sad. He, yeah, he walked away sad. Here's the last position. You can function out of being freed. Now, this is a position of freedom where good stewardship has its foundation in biblical giving with the balance of biblical living. So you got biblical giving and then you have biblical living. In other words, they give to God first, themselves second, obligations third, and others fourth. Just because they can does not always mean that they should. See, just because you have the money for something doesn't mean you have to buy it. See, that's when you just become a good steward. They know that they are blessed to be a blessing. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19 says, Tell those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which will soon be gone. But their pride and their trust should be in the living God, who always richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasures for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity they will be living a fruitful christian life down here as well in other words a person who, who is freed they money don't have them so here's the question as i close how do you get out of a financial hole how many has ever been in a financial hole before let me see here let me tell you how to get out here's number one stop digging the only way a hole gets deeper is if you keep that shovel in your hand and keep a digging. No, no, no. Number one, to get out of a hole, you got to stop digging. You say, well, what is stop digging? Stop spinning. See, we used to go on a freeze. I haven't been on one in quite a while, but every now and then I'll just, I'll just want to see how everybody act and just freeze everything. They be having convulsions and vomiting and Heaven be having the itches and the highs. Daddy, how long are we going to... Heaven, it only been two days, baby. 
Go on a freeze. But it means stop spending because the only way to get control of something, you got to stop, right? So number one, you got to stop digging. Number two, you must sit down first and count the cost and develop a plan. Luke 14, 28 says, for which of you intending to build a tower sits not down first and counts the cost whether he has sufficient to finish it. In other words, you want to sit down and see what's going on. Proverbs 27, 23, write that down. It says, be thou diligent to know the state of your flocks and to look well to your herds. Let's go over to the New Testament real quick. Remember when Jesus said, man, you know, if a man had 99 sheep or 100 sheep and he lost one, he would go and go find the one. Let me ask you a question. How would that shepherd know he lost the sheep if he wasn't counting them? So the only way you're going to get control of your money, you're going to have to come up with a plan, sit down and get yourself organized. And you're going to have to come up with a systematic way to manage your money. And the only way to do it is to start out with some kind of budget. And I know, see, I just cussed some of y'all out on that word right there. So after you develop a budget and a basic system on managing, if you have to go to straight cash, just go to straight cash. Take that. Let me tell you something. You can save about $400 a month by stop using that check card. Because first of all, when you see you have to start shelling out that green stuff, boy, that check card, I'm telling you. One of our singles did that for the first time. They just went on a freeze. They just, without the check card, just did cash. They saved $1,000 the first month. Number three, you need to take inventory of your needs and wants and start making immediate adjustments, immediate adjustments, immediate adjustments. Cable is not a necessity. Satellite is not a necessity. Listen, I know you got a Blackberry. Look, you need to go get one of those toy phones. If you need to really have one, get one of those kid phones that look real but ain't. And just drive in the car like you're talking. They just, wow, that's... I know, I know we think cell phones are a necessity, but Jesus them didn't have one. In other words, what's happening in your life that you think is a necessity that you can live without? Because let me say something to you. This is, this is for real right here. If you don't take the initiative and start, God is not obligated to help you out of that hole. If he sees you can do some things yourself to get out of the hole and you choose to not do it, he's just going to sit back because faith without is what? So you ain't showing no faith by sitting there going, well, I want my cable. Bless God. I like eating out. How many eat out for lunch? Let me see your hand. Mm -hmm. See, uh, how many eat out at least once or twice a week? Let me see your hand. Oh, my God. See, if you just cut back on one of that, that's some money saved. Number Number four or number five. Be accountable to someone, especially to your mate if you're legally married. In other words... All this, his money, her money. If you marry, it ain't his money, her money. It's y'all's money. Thank you for that one hand clap in this big audience. (laughs) See, the problem with most married people, the reason their money is not good or funny is because they're not on the same page. She got her bill. Well, she paid an electric bill with her her check and this note and this note. And I take this and and neither one of y'all know what's going on. When you got married, you became one. Y'all got two different checking accounts. And, and oh, Lord, it's in the room. I feel it. <laughs> now, let me say this. Let me say this. I know this sounds like real practical, but let me tell you something. You can sleep good at night if you got your, your money straight. 
You can sleep real good. And you can sleep real good. Listen, yesterday, my car, I hit a pothole, and it hit so hard, it bent my rim, and it just went flat. I didn't think, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, how much is this going to cost me? Oh, Lord, I need some help. I just drove it to NR, N, N, T, what is it, NRH or whatever, the tire people. I just drove it over there and said, man, fix this car. And see, I'm, I'm, I believe there's a solution for everything. I came and he was like, sir, we can't fix it that the rim is bent. I said, well, sure, tell me. It's just bent a little bit. I said, man, take that off and hammer it. I said, I got to go. Well, we need to send this out. I said, well, we can send it out next week. You need to hammer today. Well, I'm not going to hammer it. I said, I'll give you $30, $30 to hammer it. He still didn't do it. I said, give me that hammer. <laughs> it worked. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Save me some money. Be accountable to somebody. If you're single, get one of your girlfriends. And, and, and you don't necessarily have to give them all your budget. Just make sure that you're accountable to them. Uh, anytime you... See, like, for instance, in our relationship, we have a limit that you cannot spend by yourself. You have to tell the other person what you're buying or you can't buy it. See, some of y'all, I see y'all coming home like it's Christmas time. Some of y'all trying to have got stuff. I'm talking to somebody got stuff in your trunk right now and you ain't took in. You done went shopping. I'm talking to somebody right now. Okay, here's number six. Here's number six. I'm out of time. Buy some material that will help you grow in this area. It is time to stop struggling. Amen. Then you must continue to be faithful in giving to the Lord so that you reach due season. Most people get on the edge of due season. And they miss due season because they detour. They detour through being, first they were faithful and then something came up. Let me tell you something about something coming up. Everybody say something coming up. If I was the devil and I knew you detoured every time something came up, I'm going to make sure something come up. Because I'm going to make you you stay under that curse. So you know what, soon as things are going out, then the refrigerator go out. Listen, when stuff like that happens, don't be freaking out. Just go up to the refrigerator. Let me tell you what to do. Go up to the refrigerator. I command you replaced in Jesus' name. Just call it replaced. And every time you look at it, oh, you replaced in Jesus' name. You say, well, Pastor, what is that going to do? At least you're starting to open your mouth up and produce some faith. Instead of sitting up there looking at it going, I don't know what I'm going to do. Which one is going to help you? Which one? Yes. So you just stop freaking out. Go, listen, you got to outlast the devil. Go get you an ice chest. Put all that ice in there. Put your meat in there. Listen, if you don't have enough money for a big refrigerator, go get one of those little old bitty refrigerators. Listen, don't let the devil push you. Thank you for that five scattered hat hand claps right there. Here is what the Lord wanted me to do. Because there are some of you all who have been struggling. That's one word. Struggling. 
And it's because, number one, you've been inconsistent to him. That's number one. Number two, you've been inconsistent to you because if there's a first, there's a second. And so if you're not second, then you're not saving enough so when emergencies do come, you don't have enough set aside. So we got people who've been inconsistent to God. They've been inconsistent to themselves. And then number three, we have people who they have, they have allowed the pressures of their situation to overtake them so much, they've just given up financially. And that's why you go shopping and you know you ain't got it, but you just feel good after you get done. And then you believe for the electricity bill later on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'll get it when it comes. So with every head bowed right here, you may not have felt this is so spiritual, but let me say this something. To say this to you, this has a whole lot to do with the kingdom because if you can't support the kingdom with your money, folks can't get saved. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here today. And the first call the Lord.